Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. Dude, how about that? We get Enoch. <laughs> yeah, Enoch in studio to open Enoch the show. Enoch in studio, and then right before we start, you hit me with a haymaker. I did. We'll discuss later. Listen, it's a it's a wild world we live in, and and I'll tell you something. We went into this thing yesterday. I know you and I. We had talked about a lot of people really around the around the league, around the, the sporting world. Are you doing a real football show right now? And I have these issues? <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. I'm pulling You're an trying right on you. I'm ignoring redirect. and redirecting. Yeah. Fine. Do a real football show. See if I care. How entertaining was that last night? That was a lot of fun. Every uh, All right. This is what I did with the boys. Um, so I, I owe them money because what happens is, well, not really, but sort of. They have their money that I give them. Um, <laughs> I was going to say it's more like a redistribution. It's a redistribution. You could, I could like to think of myself as Robin Hood. Um, but where I just, but anyway, so over the course of youth sports, I've had to pay to get into various venues, you know, like get eight, 10 bucks to go in and I never sure. have cash. I never carry cash anymore. Well, who does? Do. And they always only take, I bet cash. this guy's always got some cash. He's always on got a big, yeah. he's an old he's school a big guy, nut, like a, a big nut, a hundreds he's got in there. You've seen people have that. They got to throw it on the table. Yeah. Do you have a lot? <laughs> See, knew it. Look at it. Look at it. Look cash. at it. Man, Man that's rain. heavy. Look at that. He's I even got it. a receipt. you have a receipt in here? He's even got a receipt. Look at those. Look oh, at the from bench. the last golf, Look the last the golf outing. He's got a golf receipt. Benny's in there. Love He's that. out there living his best yeah. life. Um, so anyway, I go steal their money. This goes to someone else in my house. Redistribute. That's what he's That's saying. That's, That's what he's what saying he right now. Um, so anyway, it came time last night with the draft where I ran a little game on the boys. Oh. So I would say, I bet you five bucks Trayvon Walker's going number one. No way, Dad. It's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Da, da, da. Okay. Five bucks. Boom, boom. Was this pick also two. just based off of your genius or the fact that picks are being tipped well in advance on the Twitter machine? Costco. Yeah, it's Costco. So, Costco. He has code words. It's great. Costco's, Costco's incredible. Crushing it. So, so nailed it. Double or nothing. Aiden Hutchinson. No way. You Boy, just thought he was going to go one. Right. What are you saying? No way at two for Number three. Stingley. Stingley. Yeah. Now yeah, they're no like. No chance, dude. It's going to be a lineman. So I nail all three. Beamsy, a.k.a. Kingsley, is finally – he's not he's picking wise. up. But he's not picking up to what I'm doing, but he knows that, I, that Something's he wants, going. he's out of it. Yeah. So now he's in he's, – he's now 40 bucks in the level now because I owed him 40 Black Cobra was now 10 bucks on the positive, but so confident that I'm going to run out of, out of speed with this. Never. Going to run out of steam. Not. Not going to run out of steam at all. Yeah, in but, fact, was going to power through. Yeah. Fueled by pilot fuel. Right yes, through. Yes, I really was. And so we just kept nailing them. It got to the point where the kid owes me like 120 bucks. It's <laughs> great. By the time he went to bed, it just like tipping Trevor picks. Trevor Price at the gambling table. He's Dude, like, how are you double doing? Or nothing how again. do you know so much? Don't you worry about it. <laughs> how, do I see, how do you see the future, Dad? I just it was did. awesome. It was, to I answer your, it was awesome. And I, did, I didn't think I would be into it. It was but The reality was is I did not turn the channel. I turned it on, and I was hooked the whole way, all the way through the first round. I mean, round. you had one Loved stretch it. where – like five out of, first of all, I think six out of seven picks were receivers. Yeah. And then in the middle of that, you had 
trades happening, I think, on six of those picks. Then you got, you've got you got the Hollywood Brown to Arizona mm-hmm. where you're like, that feels like a pretty good deal for the Baltimore Ravens. Sure does. Also, and, in, in juxtaposed then, to what Philly. Because right, that came later. Right. And you're like, wow, if you're Arizona, maybe make that call. By the way, Philly still has a ton of picks. Yeah. They still have two next year. Yeah, they could still give up three ones for a guy who tweeted out WTF after they traded Hollywood Brown. Which, by the way, doesn't make sense because Hollywood Brown said today that Lamar knew that he demanded a trade three months ago. Yeah, but I mean, they talked about say, it. Well, why would you? You don't yeah. have to trade him. He's yeah. under contract. Crazy. Yes, crazy. The idea that Philly gave up 20, no, 18 and a third for A.J. Brown. Yep. And the Cardinals gave up 23 for Hollywood Brown. And we give up and a, a third, right? Didn't they? No, else? just the just the one, the twenty third. There was a third involved in that deal in the AJ Brown, but not the Marquise, unless it was a pick swap. I think maybe they may have even sent a third back to the Ravens. Okay, hold on a second. And then see. to finish the point, yes, but Amari uh, for a fifth. Yeah, right. <laughs> like these things are not equal. And if you're Arizona, you got to be thinking, my God, we could have had AJ Brown for that. That's exactly what went to my mind. So the Ravens traded the number Okay, they got Holly the Cardinals got pick 100 and Hollywood Brown for the 23rd pick. So they got Hollywood Brown and a third. And a third for for that. Yeah. Still. Still. Fifth Cooper. Fifth Cooper and uh and also what Philly gave up to get AJ Brown. But and by the way, also like the Lions didn't give up a whole lot to move up 20 spots. They didn't. The Vikings didn't receive a lot in that, which shocked me. Right. Our guy Quasey. And I think that the Vikings know were they... hot on the trail of Derek Stingley Jr. And as you told the boys, he's going third. Yeah. He did. That was not expected, by the way. No, but it also goes back to that conversation we had about how we can identify these guys younger, faster, better, earlier. And Stingley was five-star kid coming out. There were eight five-star high school recruits drafted in the first round last night and 20 four- and five-star players. For perspective, there's only usually about 35-star athletes in each class. The fact that eight of them were picked in the first round tells you how good we are at identifying talent. That's incredibly good. And it's also Georgia must be good at identifying talent. Five defensive players from Georgia were drafted in the first round. Is that That's right? how you win a national championship with a walk-on quarterback. And that's more than I think the Big 12 than the Big 12 had players drafted period Big yesterday. Big 12 had none in the first round. None. Pac-12, right? Had I think the kid from USC, Thibodeau, they had a couple. I think they had four. Yeah. Cuz the kid from Washington as well. Yeah. Yeah. Georgia. Had that's right. five. They had like 23 five-star players on their team. It's amazing. Yeah. It's this isn't hard. I mean it, it's not as hard as it used to be. It's actually gotten very good. There's so many crazy uh there there were what nine trades yesterday in the first round. First five picks all defensive players. Yep. The latest a quarterback has been drafted since 1997. Your San Francisco 49ers picked at pick 26 in 1997. 1997. Man. Don't say like Druckenmiller. Bingo! Oh, God, he was terrible. Jim Druckenmiller, the latest a quarterback. Listen, I was in college then, so I wasn't technically still there, and Joe was gone, so I'd moved off. I was fully in Jeff George world. Druckenmiller. That's the latest. Pickett yesterday was the latest a quarterback had gone since then. Also the first to ever be picked at number 20, ever. That's wild. Never been a quarterback picked 20th. Yeah. How about all three 
receivers developed at Ohio State went back. 10, 11, 12. To back. And if Jamison Williams doesn't blow out his knee, he clearly goes first. That's what I think. And he was the third receiver at Ohio State. That's what I think. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty, pretty good. From our perspective, I think things actually fell pretty well if you're the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I thought the Ravens had a good draft. I, I really like him. You probably know more about him than I do, but just from talking to a lot of people who watch every single Michigan game, they really think that Dax, Dax Hill, the safety. Yeah, the kid the Bengals got. Is like a honey badge, like is good. I don't know. He's on that level. I could see how people who watch Michigan all the time and view it through maize and gold-colored glasses would maybe yeah. think that. Um, I think he's kind of insurance for Jesse Bates. Like, now if Bates can't get a long-term deal sorted out, now they got a guy ready for that. And he's a nice player. He's I think a he nice play player. But Honey Badger yeah. was like a Heisman finalist guy. Like, he's not on that level. Sure. But he's a, he's a really nice player. Yeah, there's a lot of versatility to him. Unfortunately, I think the Ravens crushed it. I mean, I think they crushed it. They wanted, supposedly, the kid from Georgia who got taken right before them. Um, the big D tackle? At 13, Jordan Davis. Jordan yeah. Davis. But I think. But they still pivot and they get Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Who's a dude. And then they get, they get Linderbaum at center who's going to be a 12-year starter. You, I personally, this is just me talking, I would like to try to find that guy, a 12-year starter at center, elsewhere in the draft. Fair. But Fair. I think he will. He's obviously he's going to be very good. Hamilton, we were sitting here doing the show last night, and I was just like, the Ravens are taking him. I, without even – I was not it. doing what right. you were doing. I said, who do I not want them to take the right. most that's on the board right now? And it was Hamilton because I think he's a stud. Like, I think he, he could have gone in the top stud. five yes. easy. Agree. And oh, he ran slow at the four. Like, have you so watched what? him play? Yeah, he's fine. And then, of course, they they took just Hamilton. like with Patrick Queen. Remember that? Yeah, he... I said that. Now that one didn't work out. So maybe this one work out. Yeah. But yes, yeah. that felt such a. You could just feel it coming, um, from a mile away. Some crazy things like the idea that the Packers didn't get a receiver. The idea that that the Chiefs did not get a receiver. Are they allergic to receivers? Nobody else thought that it was as crazy as I did. I thought it was completely nuts, and that Aaron Rodgers is going to be pouting and be totally unhappy of course he is i know he wasn't i saw simon mcafee and he wasn't but it was like of course he is he can't be happy about that i mean i thought that was pretty stunning feels negligent like you just don't draft receiver ever yeah also i think we got one of the greatest moments ever last night which was the live reaction of less sneed and a oh my god clearly having a good time sean mcveigh to the pick of cole strange what how many cocktails is mcveigh in Five and he's tequilas. <laughs> he easy. hasn't stopped since the Super Bowl. And listen, because I you, feel like he's been on rolling the spoils. since then. To the victor goes the Openly spoils. They can be Jesse, but... Openly mocking. What? First of all, what were they doing having a press conference? They don't have a Why? pick till the third I have round. No idea. Why were they? But there? they have now produced the two greatest videos of this NFL start to this season. The one about how they were going to steal the draft, which was basically a movie. Yeah, starring people of some great actors. And then they have this, where he's like, we thought we were going to get him at, like, 105. Ha-ha! Ho-ho! Yucking it up. Just yucking it up. Cole Strange, like, from Chattanooga. Both of them are having a good time. Oh, my God. Well, when you're the champ, it's good. I guess. It's good to be the king. Absolutely incredible. Uh, Be sure to catch all the action of day two of the 2022 draft tonight, starting at 7. The Browns draft show presented by Bud Light. Ken and Z, Jim Donovan, Joe Thomas, along the way, interviews with the picks on the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Speaking of kings, I think he's the most important media 
athlete icon in the history of this city. He joins us coming up next. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. OBM, Ohio Business Machine, preferred copier provider of your Cleveland Browns. They have all the X's and O's for your office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit ohiobusinessmachines.com. With that, we head out on the hotline for a man who I have long described as the most influential, important athlete in the history of this city. Where's his music? That's a great question. Do we have his music? Uh, I mean, I'm sure we do. I, here's what oh, I would I say. Here's what I would say, though. Nick, I, I believe that Look, we've uh, already blown when it. He's coming we blew out. it. We blew it. We, you don't want to do this. This is disrespectful to who this man just is. Bring him out. He's coming out. He's coming like out a silently. True superstar with just a spotlight on him. Miz, here's the question, though. Now that Zagura is in the booth, you and him show up. There's one table left in downtown Cleveland, Cleveland finest steakhouse. Who gets the table? You, the most important athlete in the history of the city, or the new color man of the Cleveland Browns? Well, first and foremost, uh, I want to say that was the worst introduction I've ever had on Cleveland Browns Daily. That was pathetic. It was terrible. And uh, I expect better, especially from the new commentator of the Cleveland Browns, the voice, if you will. I mean, the voice is gold. This guy has a golden microphone. He's got a golden brain. And honestly, the games are never going to sound better this season golden because brain? Nathan Zagura is right. in the booth, baby. And it is absolutely yes. awesome. But if you ask me if I'm going into town hall, who's getting the table? This guy. This guy. Listen, I'll be like a rope off the Goodyear blip. I've got no problem with that. I'll tag right on along. Just hanging out with you. Yes, I apologize for that. I mean, Your no music, music will be. My God, yeah, what I are mean, we doing? Yes. The guy, not only is he, as you pointed out, rightfully so, the most important athlete, actor, personality in the history of our fine city. You yes. go, the list could go on and on. Not fantasy football champion. That's the one thing that eludes him. However, this, maybe going to take a dig. Show, by the way, this is coming from a show that literally just had mainstream sellout uh, promoting uh, with MGK's new CD. So I, I appreciate oh. that. I heard the commercial. Oh, oh. There it is. Yeah, listen to him. There you go. Big, big star. And then he's going to now be the person who announces the Cleveland Browns draft pick today. By the way. Wait a second. Ex- yes. How excited are you for that? Yes. He's in Vegas. I didn't to see that announce in the prep. our draft pick. Right now, I am on the, the, the 101, taking it to Burbank Airport, going to fly into Vegas tonight. And literally, mm. I am excited. I mean, this is like a childhood dream. I mean, growing up. You know, rooting for Webster Slaughter and and Eric Metcalf and Bernie Kosar. And now, you know, looking at this team that we have, you know, people are like, well, who do you want to draft? And in my head, I'm going, honestly, I think we just need time to, to build chemistry. We have all the pieces that we could possibly need and then some. And by the way, free agency is happening. People are going to be coming left and right. People want to play for the Cleveland Browns. They want to be a part of the dog pound. I don't think that there – here's the thing now that we – now that I have this information that you're making the selection. Yes. I'm thinking of all the celebrities that have made these selections. No one has your panache. No one has your charisma. This, this, the, the bar here is high, Miz. It's high. Do you, have you, do you know what you – of course, of course you're prepared. But you're yes. worked on it. I mean – I got incredibly high expectations for you tonight. I feel you're going to live up to I it. Have the, high the bar's high. For myself as well. 
honestly, like I've been, I, I, ever since I found out I was going to do a draft pick, I literally, it was like, I called Nathan. I go, I, I got to figure out something to say. Like I got to, yes. it's got to be memorable. It's got to be something that pumps up the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. Be coming up, mm-hmm. pumping up Cleveland. I mean, we're in Las Vegas. Like, so I'm, I almost uh, wish this draft was in Pittsburgh because if it oh was my in God. Pittsburgh, oh you would have been able to come God. out and like That's, kill. Like, wasn't it Drew Pearson who did one? Yeah, in crushed Philly, him. Just in Philly, crushed just him. Killed yes. the Eagles. Like you would be able to go there and crush them and talk about Kenny Pickett's small hands and all. Oh, it would have been a real delight. Maybe you worked that in anyway. Who knows? I don't know. All day I could. But the problem is I'm in Vegas. So I'm like, yes. all right, it's the Raiders. I mean, they're in the, a terrible division for them because, honestly, every team is amazing. But we don't really have any beef with the Raiders. We don't really have anything with the Raiders. Like, I can't think of anything that we've yeah. done with the yeah. Raiders that I can literally get the crowd so riled up. So what I think I'm going to do is go the other way and just build up Cleveland. Love it. I like it. That's going to work. That's going to play well. I mean, especially, you know, and it'll help for those people who, because I'll tell you what, I go around town sometimes and people, you know, they know that we, we know each other and are friends and, there's, there were some people that were hurt a little bit by your words at Monday Night Raw. That were, It just really made them sad to hear you say some of those things. And so here's an opportunity on a national Nathan, stage. Nathan, when what, I said, what I said on Raw was Cleveland will never get a WrestleMania. And it's just That's strictly right. fact. And I asked you, by the way, Nathan, when we went to Town Hall afterwards, <laughs> I said, hey, Nathan, was yeah. I lying? And what did you say? I said, if we build a dome... Then there'll be a WrestleMania. Yeah. It's a tough, it's tough in April, home, as you've sure, seen we here. we could have a WrestleMania. But yeah. guess what? We're not doing it in that freezing cold Cleveland weather. I'm sorry. It's just I'm no, in right. underwear when I wrestle, okay? I'm in Speedo. <laughs> <laughs> now, you did say a couple other things that we don't need to, we don't need to devil into all the facts. But yeah. that was one of the points that you made, which was certainly it's a point well taken. But I think you're going to have an opportunity, what I'm saying is now, is to just and reach look, out and, and tug on the Odell hearts of Cleveland, a Cleveland a that loves Bowl. you. Maybe he wants to come to Cleveland and get a Super Bowl here, too. Who knows? Oh, oh. I noticed you. I know that notice that your uh, we'll call it your estate is up for sale. Are you planning maybe perhaps because champions are coming back to Cleveland? Your words, not mine. Maybe you're coming back to Cleveland. I don't know. Just putting that out there. I don't know. You'd love that, wouldn't you, Nathan? You would love that I would come I back would to love Cleveland. That. Maybe be on Cleveland yes. Browns daily every single day that I'm home. Oh, what a treat. Uh, really unlikely. The weather out here is too amazing. It's 75 and sunny every day, and I'm right by the beach. Yeah, don't blame you. Don't blame you. Love it here. But it's been a tough winter, Miz. I got to tell you, it has been a real tough winter. I mean, we had a day that was what, this week? 30 it's we had grapple over the weekend Miz. yeah grapple which is a wintry mix he doesn't know what they doesn't need to worry about he doesn't that need to worry anymore. he's in california Sun, 70 75 right. every day for him out there um yeah, is honestly, there a I'm sweating right now i'm actually sweating inside <laughs> my car because it's so hot out here even with the ac yeah he's got a very luxurious automobile Miz, is there a um is there a in terms of do you know like the process how quickly will you get the name to look at it? Is there pronunciation? Who who's gonna be who are gonna be like your butlers that help you with that type of stuff? That's my most nerve wracking thing is that I, when yeah. when the name comes, I'm hoping it's like a Jackson or a Willis or a, you know whatever <laughs> I can I can actually, something I can actually pronounce. Uh, yeah, you know nice, easy I don't one. I don't know. You know, if I saw Najoku on on a card, I definitely would not know how to pronounce it the first time that I saw it. Now, of course, sure, no problem. Yeah. But uh yeah. 
But, man, there are some tough names out there, and I just don't want to botch a name because I don't want to ruin someone's, you know, draft. Like, this is their moment. This is the time that they've spent their entire lives building towards, and I get the opportunity and the honor to be a part of that. And, honestly, yeah. I get to be a part of the Cleveland Browns, which, honestly, you never want to, you know, disappoint, you know. And, uh, and so that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out there and do the best I possibly can because, you know, that's what the Cleveland great. Browns deserve. You are going to be great. I want to know this. What's your? I know your dad has got to be ecstatic about this. What's What's George George Mizan saying? To be honest, I don't even know if I told my dad. You might have told. My I dad told him. I did. I did tell him. Okay. I told him when he was as he was did. taking an, uh, some AIW wrestling. Oh, he's front row for that. Oh, some yeah. Incredible crowd reaction out of him. He had a weekend. great. Yes, he had an incredible reaction on a video when Broski said some rather not nice things to a young lady about what he was going to do to her father in the main event of that night. And your dad was right behind her and his face was priceless. Perfect. <laughs> Sells it like a million bucks. Incredible. I'm sure he's going to be very proud. This is a prestigious thing. This is a very cool thing. And I think we're all excited. This is right now. Well, there is a lot of guys, energy. What, what yeah. do you think we need? Like, what do we need? Like, what is, what is a necessity? Uh, like, what's a thing that's okay. like, Hey, we could do, we could use a little backup here. Good question. Ms. You you have provided something for my children that I can't, and that is a, a role model to look up to, and so this will be the solid I will do you. If you see Ojabo, that's the one we want to be able to get that pronunciation right. Ojabo. 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 Yes. That's the one. So defensive end out of Michigan. He's, yeah. yeah, he's a defensive end out of Michigan, and I think that's where you're looking here at 44. You're looking edge rusher. Ojabo would be one. Logan Hall would be another. Drake Jackson, which are all you're looking for a Jackson. Maybe you will get go. that one. You probably want to stay away from an Arnold Ebiketti, but you never know if you might need to go down that route. But another edge. So I think it'll be an edge rusher or perhaps a receiver, which would be great. But if it's a receiver, it's probably either. The only two I could really think of, maybe I'll give you three. Sky Moore. Easy. Easy. Uh, easy. easy. Christian Watson. Simple. Simple. And then uh, a John Mechie the third. Nice. Elementary. All right. Yeah, I think I you're good. Yeah, you're safe. I think you're going to be pretty safe. Yeah, I think you're good. But I think that's where we're looking. I think we're looking edge and receiver with, you know, two of the three picks tonight. And then, you know, you'll probably get a, a best player available hey, did, somewhere else. Did you guys in. see the pick for the Patriots and the reaction of Sean McVay? <laughs> we <laughs> were just talking about that. Reaction this... ever. I thought, I, I, dang it, we – I can't believe we wasted time looking at this guy for 104. <laughs> <laughs> Miz, Miz, give me a, a, a number on the amount of cocktails you think McVeigh had enjoyed before uh, that press conference. Oh, uh, he was having a good old time. I mean, they didn't have to That's worry right. about anything, you know? So, I mean, no, they were having a fun. Was... I mean, you got the Rams house. I wish the Browns would do something like that. Like, did you see what they did? Like, they did like an entire movie yeah. almost. And, uh, no, that was a really movie. Invest with and yeah. they want to get people invested, and they want to get L.A. invested. They want to build this fan base up. I mean, they are defending reigning champions. But I still think they need to get that fan base going. You know what I mean? Like, when you come to L.A., everyone's every different team because everyone's from everywhere. Yeah. We don't have any danger of losing you, do we? It feels like you kind of – Not at all. You kind of like the Rammies Not a little bit? Not at all. Okay. I love the Rams. To be honest, they used to be the Cleveland the Rams. Rams. I love Sean McVay. They did. I love the Rams, and I love yeah. Sean McVay, but I'm sorry, but Cleveland's always number one and always will be number one. That's right. I got to tell you, that video thing they put together, you know what it reminded me of? The Marine franchise. I felt like that was, you were looking at like three minutes right out of the Marine franchise, starring maybe the greatest action hero of all time, The Miz. Should have got an Oscar for those movies, but you know. 
Well, you should have. It's actually a real DVD disservice that you did Oscars. not. Oh, goes both frantically going to the Google machine, not the milk. Come <laughs> I'm on, finding it right what do you now. mean? What There's Marine One, two, three, four, five. Did it, did it? Did I miss any of them? They're all six. over the place. Six, yeah, six. He's a star. He's an absolute star on the silver screen. This is just good franchise. business, Look, is what this it is. It is great business. It's a franchise. He's the face of a franchise. It, multiple actually now he's the face of Miz and Mrs. he's the face of wwe quite frankly he's the face of Cleveland. yeah Miz and he's Mrs. coming out june 6th on usa network so you're not going to want to miss that oh baby you miss why june did you not 6th, show up and tell the third one episodes baby because the first two they, they uh we need to we need to get things going here and then they brought in they said we need oh a, i can a, see now a star of real consequence marine three four five and six is where it really <laughs> took off yeah i love I you guys right. you're looking. talking about the marine when i was talking about ms and mrs and sorry six usa network like i get that we, like you want to talk about the marine but look ms and mrs come back <laughs> Tommy, however we can serve you was it season three it incredible 10 brand new episodes it's gonna be awesome is your dad in it? Of course. Of course he is. You know who else and, is in and it? And according to him, I, he's the star. He is the Miz in Miz and Mrs. I was going to no, ask you, not. how's his, uh, how's, uh, how's the ego on that guy? Oh, With my God. With all the stars that's him? coming his way. Have you met him? Yeah, I, I, I oh, I'm not hard at meeting him. I've met him. The event that Nathan <laughs> went to that he saw him at, I guarantee my dad was taking pictures and just, say, hey, oh, you want a picture? Oh, you want a picture? Oh, you, of course you want a picture. Here you go. Take a picture. Oh my he had gosh. a crew. He had a, an he had an entourage. He had yeah. He had four uh, prime seats. Of course he did. He, he's there. But let's go back to Ms. and Mrs. Right now. Quite an accomplishment, honestly. And I'm not saying this just because I love you, but it is true. To have this many seasons of a reality show is a very impressive thing because it's not a show with an ever changing cast. It is you guys and to look at your life. And it's one of those things that when people watch it and they may say, "Oh, on TV at the WWE, this guy's a real crud." He really can be a jerk sometimes. And then you see the reality of it is that you're just a wonderful human being. And so I think that's one of the things that's fun about it. Your family, your beautiful family, the two girls growing up. It's incredible. And, uh, you know, this is a spoiler. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. He might yell at me. He might text me after this. How could you have said that? But there is a new addition to the family who might even get some run. I've seen him on social. The Wolf of Mizanin. Have you seen this dog, Bo Bishop? This dog is an absolute beast. Is it a dire wolf? Yeah, he's huge. Yes. So, uh, honestly, we call him Wolf because, I mean, he looks like a wolf. He's a German shepherd, and he is trained like a highly trained, like, canine. And uh, we got him from this place called Gold Coast Canine. And I just wanted something for protection. I've got two beautiful daughters that uh, not only is he wonderful with the girls, but he's a safety precaution. Like, you know, like whenever I leave or gone, I know my, my family is going to be safe because that dog – does not allow anyone on its turf. Dude, there's a video. He's You're holding like a, a bite. I don't even know. Like a big red almost. Not It's not a pillow because it's much sturdier than that. But he's yeah. holding for the dog to sprint at. And then that's what it goes on to. And you could just tell. Mike is a very strong individual. I was I mean. scared. I was scared. <laughs> no so, joke. So at Gold Coast Canine, they teach him like, you know, how to attack people, right? And so they have these, like, kind of really strong toys that you can tell the dog to stay down, like, you know, stay, stay. And then when you tell him to go, it just goes 100% towards you. And watching that dog run 100% towards me and literally grip onto this, this toy, 
I literally was like, I, I don't even know if I could it, like, and he pulled the thing away from me. Like I'm a strong guy, but yes. this dog is, is intimidating. <laughs> it's probably what Kenny Pickett's going to feel like when he sees miles Garrett coming around the corner. <laughs> I don't even know if he's going to be able to hold the ball with those hands <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Perfectly played. I was gonna say. Good luck tonight, buddy. Yes, you're gonna crush right, it, dude. Guys. Oh, there it is. There we'll give it is. some play out music. Listen, they play the music after you win. There you go. There, there you is. go. All right. There it is. I Love you, brother. Crush it. Thanks, guys. Love you, man. Go Browns. All right, that that is the great Miz. What a human. I was floored. At, I could have done 20 minutes on the Marine franchise. I was floored. Incredible. At the, I was at I was at the world premiere of one of them. Happy to say. Where was it? San Jose, California. Perfect. Your homeland. Yeah. Near. Very close. Very, very close. All right. We'll get into the uh, winners and losers from round one coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. the bath authority could give you the bathroom of your dreams why not transform your current bathroom into a custom bath for a spa-like experience the bath authority can do it for you in about one single day in and out in about a day let it make it a reality for you they can also do it for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors give them a call now at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com the bath authority is our area's premier bath and shower remodeler largest selection of bath projects every one of them made in the united states of a Tub to shower conversion, superior products, expert installers. And if you call right now at 216-220-8399, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. It is the bath authority. It's where affordability meets quality. Well, before we get to biggest winners and losers, so you guys were on the show. So obviously you weren't able to watch the coverage because you were producing content. Yes. So I am a loyal Kuiper. That's my guy. I want to see him. Yeah, we were synced into NFL. Okay. So as I'm watching, uh, so it's it's Greeny, Riddick, Booger, Kuiper. Your skepticism is warranted. Um, Kuiper's offset because no COVID vax. He's offset. In his so own he's, area? He's in his own home. He's, he's like at in home. Baltimore or whatever. Not even there um, because he's not vaxxed. So he's there. All right. They could Greenberg could not keep up with the picks and the news. He was trying to service every a, an opinion on everybody, and all you really wanted was Lewis on how this fits in a roster, and Kuiper most especially. You needed Kuiper after every pick. Here's what they're getting. They there was no Schefter, no Mort. Like it was those three guys, and no Kuiper. No, no. He's no like Schefter's a kid is graduating from college. Yeah. So they. They didn't do that, so they did it this way. They couldn't get to Kuiper a lot of times because Booger would take so long. Why is he there? I have no idea. And then they were they could not get the information. Like, the trades would be happening, and they couldn't keep up. The NFL was – we weren't listening to it, but we were watching it, and it was excellent. Who was, who was on – was it – so it was Rich, and who else? Who was the, It was Eisen. Jeremiah. Jeremiah – David Shaw. David Shaw, who I don't know when he the coaches Stanford, Stanford coach. but uh-huh. he's on NFL Network all <laughs> Loves the time. Doing that. And was it was it Charles? Yeah, so it was yeah, it was Jeremiah, Charles Davis, yeah. David Shaw, Rich Eisen. 
satellite was Clatt and Kurt Warner. Clatt, Kurt yeah, Warner. so Clatt's really good. I don't know Clatt's if Warner excellent. knows anything about the college kids, but Clatt definitely does. He does about the quarterbacks. W- Warner was Warner was solid last night. Yeah, the it was it was they couldn't keep up. The trades were happening. At one point, Greenberg says they're he's trying to explain the AJ Brown trade, and he's spread so thin. Like he does the Get Up Show, he does the NBA Show, and now he's doing this. There's no way you could keep all this sorted out. And he he was talking about how um, that he goes now. Obviously, they're only doing this trade because of the contract extension for A.J. Brown. It's like, well, yes, everybody knows that. That deal was consummated five minutes ago. They were just late to it. My question to you again, and I will go back to it, what was, at least in the mind of whoever decided that we needed Booger McFarland there, what was his role to be? He's not studying these guys. I would think that if you go back to their old model of Boomer, Mel, Gruden and like I, Steve Young, they just always had those type of guys in the mix. But I don't know how to answer your question. Why would Booger be elevated all the way to that? I have no idea. Why not have McShay on set? He was nowhere. So apparently he was doing the ABC because they simulcast. So apparently he was on the ABC, which was like a college game day. Yeah, feel of it. With yeah, but Reese Herb Davis. Street can't do it. But Herb Street was out with the blood clot thing. Um, so I think they had Jesse Palmer, Yeah, you know, which is good. I always think it makes most sense to have the college guys do it anyway. They've seen all these guys. They've studied them all. Yeah. So unless you're Kuiper, McShay, Jeremiah, and that's your job, I'd rather have the college guys than the NFL experts, right? And so I don't know what – I don't know why Booker what, was there at they all. They needed – and that's where NFL Network, you know, say what we want to about a rap sheet, but they would go to him for every breaking trade. Yeah. We're going right to him, and he was ready to go. They put all and, that on Greenberg on ESPN. Yeah, so that's nobody too much. You can't host news. and deliver. No, that. he was. You could tell you got to traffic cop it. I mean, he was he was trying to traffic cop direct, and he was trying to get his two cents in, and also get it was too much. It was too much. Wow, hmm. absolutely mm, too much. Mm, mm. Um, so tonight, I'll give the NFL tonight. It was yeah. weird not having Kuiper on set. I'm sure. You know, it was weird because he's my guy. You love you love the Kuipers. Um, all right, biggest winners from night one. It starts with the Jets, doesn't it? No doubt. They got three top 15 talents. And I thought it was an incredible job by them. I love, you know, Sauce Gardner, elite corner. Get that for the defense. You get Garrett Wilson. Like, that just alone would have been great. And then you throw Jermaine Johnson on top of it. Feels like a really good draft. Yeah. And and they also get, not that he's a draft pick, but they signed Carl Lawson, who we mm-hmm. certainly were enamored with in that free agency sure. process. He never played it down for them. No. So they're adding those four alone to that roster. Yeah, more power in the AFC. Yeah, they're a team right now that I bet after that draft, they're thinking, why not? Like, are we that scared of the Patriots? Are we that scared of the Dolphins? Yeah. You know, yeah, the Bills are good, but maybe we can make a run at them. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I thought they had a great draft. Um, I thought the Lions had a really nice draft. I, I, and looking Hutchinson through it, and Jamison Williams. Yeah, Jamison Williams. I mean, Hutchinson was most people's consensus number one player in this draft. So you get him at two, and then you get, if healthy, Jamison Williams is the number one receiver in this draft. Yes, and you gave up to move twenty picks. You gave up, I think, a third is all you did to move up 20 picks. I don't understand that. I don't either. I have no idea what – And I don't that's know if there's our guy, a press but, conference with our guy because I'm sure he would have the reason why they did that. But that's it was such a minimal give to go up – all for, to get a blue, blue chip. Like, we had Glenn on yesterday, and we were talking with him, and it felt like, you know, 1 through 15, and then it starts to even out. But 1 through 15 were dudes. Jameson Williams is a dude. The Lions got two of the 15 best players in this draft. They certainly did. By the way, this is coming out. Ian Rappaport just reported this a few minutes ago. 
that uh, on McAfee's show that Traylon Burks was the receiver that Aaron Rodgers wanted the most and had done the most research on. He goes at pick 18. The Packers' first pick, obviously, was at 22, and so they don't get him. Interesting. I'm sure he's very, um, again, not pleased. Not pleased. It was strange yesterday, too, because he also said how um, uh, he said how he was surprised by the Devontae Adams thing. But hadn't but he already that, said he knew he when he was coming he knew. back? Yes, he already said he knew, so I don't understand what game he's trying to play there. I don't understand it. Strange. This is a great note from Mel Kuyper Jr. First time in the common era draft since 1967 that a running back and a tight end were both. Well, I'm going to work on his wording. Let me just say this in a better way of using English. This is the first time in the common draft era that neither a running back nor a tight end were selected in round one. I asked the question this morning on the um, on the running back. The last time a running back didn't go in the first round. And they really, I mean, they were talking a little bit about Brees Hall late in the first, but nothing ever nothing picked up. Yeah. Mm -mm. Go, going back to our conversation about wide receivers and quarterbacks, Chris Sims, I thought, had a great tweet early this morning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of baffling how these QBs and wide receivers seemingly don't communicate with each other. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it's a bunch of nonsense. I think they know. Like the idea that, that Lamar didn't know that that they were trading – Hollywood Brown when they're best friends and Hollywood Brown saying today in Arizona or last night in Arizona that he that he knew that he had requested a trade like why would you act like it was a surprise by the way how did he get there already he maybe he's training out there he must already, be right just like he was there stance. yeah he's they at had a draft party. it was as if he was drafted by them yeah I think one of the most interesting things that's happened in the NFL is what if you think about the NFL and the group think right copycat league so forever it was if you draft a quarterback well, you're, he's going to have to conform to our system. No. So we're going to put him under center. Yep. Michael Vick's the best example. Put him under center. He's going to play the West Coast offense. The fact that nobody took Michael Vick, put him in the shotgun, and said, RPO, let's go, is insane. Okay? But that's how the league used to be run. Same is true at running back. We used to pick running backs really high. We've picked some running backs really high. You don't do that anymore. No. You don't force quarterbacks to be something they're not anymore. At receiver, I feel like right now there is no groupthink. Because it feels like – there are teams that draft receivers to the point of it's time to pay them, and then they're getting off of them to replace them immediately. And yet the team that is acquiring them is also feeling like they hit the lottery. So it's like, which is it? <laughs> it feels like it every time, both. apparently it is, every time one of these deals happens, it feels like both sides feel like they won. Well, yeah, because one side got an absolutely proven commodity for a theoretical asset, and the other side got more theoretical assets that they've then turned into a receiver that they hope will one day be a proven commodity. I think it started with, and I'm sure it's probably goes back further than this, but the most recent example where it was just a blatant, we're trading receiver and then drafting receiver was trading Stefan Diggs by the Diggs. Vikings. Yeah. And then they draft Justin Jefferson. Everybody's like, wait, that seemed really easy. Now I'm getting the same production, if not better in the case of Jefferson for $20 million under value. So my question, I guess what I think is interesting is why aren't more teams viewing at through the Vikings prism rather than the Bills prism? Because I think a lot of them are, though. But some of them aren't. And that's the thing. I Usually there's a group thing. Well, it's because like the half Bills the league is split. are thrilled. Right, but they would rather have Jefferson. I'm sure. I don't know. If and they could have just picked him. I don't know if him. you'd get that kind of truth serum from them. But yes. If there were a serum that made you tell the truth, I feel like they would. Right? You'd rather have Jefferson, uh, Jefferson. Yeah, than having to pay digs. Sure. And the same thing with 
you know, with Philly last night with that deal, and I like the deal. A.J. Brown's a stud. I love the deal. And I also think what's happening is is a lot of these teams that are drafting or trading for these receivers are either to placate a current quarterback or lift a quarterback. So the thinking is if you're Philly, is Traylon Burks going to elevate Jalen Hurts as much as A.J. Brown? No, clearly not. Not right away. He may develop into it. And then the other one in Arizona, clearly Kyler wanted his boy. Yep. So let's play, Kate. But going back to the A.J. Brown, doesn't that also make A.J. Brown being there makes it more attractive? A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, those are their top two receivers now. No, no, I know. I'm saying that makes it more attractive. Not oh, for only sure. For, but for, for sure. Lamar to say, that's where I want to go. I want to go there, yeah. I thought the Giants getting Thibodeau at number five. Yeah, I like that too. Was a huge pick. I like we, him better than talked, Walker. Yeah. I, I thought that that was a, a big – standout um Watson or Washington getting Dotson at 16 thought was a little bit of a reach maybe but like that's everybody got nervous because the he run on wide receivers anybody would have thought but I really like him as they good a draft as Baltimore had maybe not who's playing a wide receiver for the Ravens come on down well they have Bateman they have Bateman they've okay. got Devin DuVernay, DuVernay yeah Bateman's a stud. Mark Andrews. I mean, yeah. This is is Bateman a stud without Brown? Yeah, I think, I think Bateman. He's fine, I yeah. think they think he can be the number one guy. Yeah, and I don't know that Brown. I think like that's why I was blown away by what they gave up to get Brown versus what the Titans got yeah. for Philly. Like t- to me, like Philly crushed it. Well, and the thing is, if you're them, you know, could you have drafted somebody? Now it would have been at this point Watson or it could have been um, Sky Moore, who's very different than Hollywood Brown. But you kind of think about what they've got now. You've got the vertical guy in Hollywood Brown who's going to open everything up for intermediate guy DeAndre Hopkins, and then you have Rondale Moore who is going to be a distant third in terms of what people are thinking about, right? And don't they still also have A.J. Green? Yeah, they still have A.J. Green, yep. So, and Zach Ertz. It's an interesting offense. Yeah, it is. It's going to create space. What he's there to do is create space. Last year, who created space for that team? Nobody. He's going to create space. He's well, going to create space the... for Hopkins. He's going to create space for Rondell Moore. Rondell yeah. Moore wasn't a vertical guy, but now if all of a sudden Rondell Moore is catching the ball in space five yards, seven yards down the field, that's where he's dangerous. That's where he can catch and run. I don't mind that. On turf, I think he's going to be fat. I'm a, I like Hollywood Brown more than I think – you do, obviously, and, and doing the show with Mo Pedman's cousin last night. He's not on him. I've been on the sidelines watching him, and you see the impact he has on a game because of his speed. Like, there's no doubt the guy can flat out fly. Yeah. And defense is respected. Yeah. I know we respect no, the yeah, heck out of it. No question. No question. I just like A.J. Brown a little more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, that's uh, from a from a loser standpoint – I mean, you hate even saying this. I don't know. I was floored that the Steelers took Pickett. I really was. And I was listening to Tomlin last night, and he goes, you know, we thought he had the highest floor. And I was thought, God, that's not what you want. Is the We think he has – in other words, A.K.A. is the safest pick. What's different about him than – Mitch Trubisky. Andy Dalton. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, who I thought was Dalton-y with a little more athleticism, but less accuracy. Pickett's a pretty accurate thrower. He is, but he's not like – he certainly doesn't have a hose. No, and I, you know, here's the deal, and I, I'll acknowledge, like, I blew Josh Allen, 
blew it. I thought for sure that accuracy was He's done something, come. though, that nobody else has ever done. True, but I didn't see it. I did yep. not see it. So, I, I, you know, I get these things wrong a lot. Um, I wasn't convinced on Herbert. But in both of those examples, what I did know is that the arm talent was elite. You knew they could whip it, right? They had something. They had an elite trait sure. that others in the draft either didn't have or couldn't match. And with Pickett, I don't see an elite trait. So when you think about it felt like they tried to they tried to force it almost. I, that's why I thought, why not well, just sit it out? With- and, and Pittsburgh radio leading up to yesterday, there were numerous reports that were saying, like, the Steelers are hoping someone else takes Kenny Pickett. <laughs> because if he's on the board, they're probably going to be forced into this pick. Why? Is it like the, sh- the, the ghost of Dan Marino? I, I don't know. Like, they regretted that only forever? Like, I mean, is that? That's, I feel like you couldn't allow that. Listen, to... I think for us, it feels like his ceiling, even if he reaches it, would keep him as still being the fourth best quarterback in this division, which I think as a Browns fan is a wonderful thing to say that about the Steelers quarterback, which is not something we have said for basically the entirety of Ben Roethlisberger's career. Same. Yeah. Well, that's what Tomlin said. I mean, that's what Tom said yesterday. Congratulations, Not Pukers. that he's the fourth best, but he said, he goes, look, it's this guy. We thought he had the the highest floor. I've just never heard that with a first-round pick. Yeah. We think he has the highest floor? We, in other words, we think he's safe. He's safe. We're not that excited about him, but we know he's not going to be yeah. a, a zero. But the bottom line is. Tomlin also goes, we spent the the entire time canvassing the entire country visiting all these quarterbacks, yeah. and we ended up with the guy across the street. He said that, too. Like, you could tell he wasn't thrilled. It was interesting. I saw some things from some Pittsburgh people that now they were talking themselves into it, but then I saw a lot of people who were saying that Tomlin's got to go. Well, they say that every year. He's never had a losing season. It, it, it is stunning. That's crazy. The yeah, like, pe- you, he's either loved there or he is hated, and it's about 50-50. It it's is crazy to me. I just don't get it. Hard to get, Yeah, my friend. Uh, all right, coming up at the top of the hour, it is time to pay attention to what we are going to do and what we will be looking for at 44 and in the third round as well. Matt Waldman will join us. Dane Brugler really loaded up here in the final hour, getting you set for rounds two and three of the NFL draft tonight. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here's a remarkable uh, stat from day one of the NFL draft. I think we would all say that the University of Texas is a, a pretty big college football program. They have yes. They have not had a first-round pick on the offensive side of the ball since Vince Young in 2006. Well, then I would say they are not a big program. They've become a museum program, and we didn't even know it. We do now. That's crazy. Right? Wrap your head around that. All that talent? Pretty soon, soon, Texas is going to have an Instagram page. They go, hey, this is me, Texas. This is me, Texas. You know me from Vince Young. (laughs) Colt McCoy. He's got a mooch. He's got a mooch. They're just going to start playing his highlights. Hey, this is just Texas Texas football. Football. Oh, Godfather music underneath You it? remember me when I was in uh, The Wedding Singer <laughs> with Vince Young? I didn't remember that. Also didn't remember him as Chico Badano and, uh, in the... Chico Badano. <laughs> oh, 
in the Godfather. He's too. dodging you though. He is dodging me. I won't return. The my, him ducking direct, you is yeah. Out, he didn't return my message. It sucks. The second most. It's good. I'll get it rectified. I'll get it sorted week. out. I'll get it sorted out. By the um, way, another note, interesting note. Carolina last night taking that uh, offensive lineman from NC State. Mm-hmm. I had to do a little homework. Ken sent me to uh, one of the lead draft researchers for CBS Sports who said was the first ever player from NC State to go you to Carolina. You just call the entertaining Will Brinson one of the lead draft researchers for CBS, for CBS Sports. Sports. I believe that just happened. At Tell him, send him that clip so he can add that to his resume. I mean, he is an amazing individual, but like he he is the one that was Carolina had never taken an NC State kid. No, never in Charlotte, and the others in Raleigh. Yeah. So, have they not taken? Have they taken anybody from North Carolina? I don't have an answer. Are they adverse? I will text them right now. We were talking about players from NC State. NC State isn't necessarily like a football football factory. They got Mario Williams. Got Torrey Holt. They got a few guys here and there. But like Jesus seven Christ. seven rounds me, okay. a year. There's Good, not I'm one. I'm glad you said that because it's. But it, it, maybe it's just because maybe if we were doing a show in North I'm gonna, Carolina, I know where you're going, but I'm going to tell you Joe why. Joe Burrow's Ohio State. Jameson no, 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 Williams, no. Ohio Burrow State. is not. Burrow is not. Jameson Williams. Burrow did not play at Ohio State and then lit up LSU okay. and developed into who he was at LSU. Jameson Williams was developed at Ohio State, played one season at Bama, but he played for Ohio State and was Didn't good Russ when he was played there. NC State or did he? No, he did, but they also chose for, for they chose they told him he wanted to play baseball. They said no, and he was not considered a prospect in any way until he went to Wisconsin. That's what changed it. That's what okay. elevated him. I'm just saying to you. Yeah. But that's that's the difference. Even a big difference, even with the Burrow Williams, the tremendous difference to me between the two Burrow. But people still, you could many cut, of us have cited Joe Burrows and linked him to Ohio State. I don't ever. I mean. I don't know. I always think of him as LSU's Joe Burrow. Same, you know. But I also think is I know that I think I, I hope I explained that properly. That yeah, versus Williams and yeah and Burrow, very very different. But Russ, like you could at least say, I like to watch some Russ NC State games. They exist. They do, and he played there for. I want to say he was a three year starter there. I think he played as a true freshman there. So he did play a lot. Did he there. follow Glennon or precede Glennon? No, Glennon was the reason he left Glennon because they were okay. they chose to play Glennon over him. Odd decisions all around. Yeah. Odd decisions all the way around. Um, no odd decision here. Your business is shopping for an enterprise operating system, and you're looking for the right partner or where to begin. I can help you. My friends at EOX Vantage, they're the guys. Data scientists, business operations experts. Your EOX Vantage team not only builds and installs your system, they act as your ongoing tech support, so you're hiring a continuous improvement and support systems. EOX Vantage is not tied to any single brand or hardware or software, so you're getting a truly customized, purpose-built solution along with a partner that answers only to you. And EOX Vantage does not outsource. All the operational expertise, proprietary solutions, and tech support come from one unified partner. See how companies have profited from hiring one fully objective operating systems partner at eoxvantage.com. We sit at 44. We've kind of outlined this over the last couple of weeks, kind of where we think this thing could go. Yep. Um, I'll give you three choices. You give me most likely to least. And okay. acknowledging that this will all depend on the board. So this is sure, kind of, of course. operation futility. Yep. Uh, receiver. D end trade back. You want okay. Those Order, are the three choices. Yeah, most likely to least. Acknowledging that we don't know how the board's going to fall. D end trade back receiver. 
And the reasoning is I don't believe the receivers that we like enough to take at 44 versus what would be available in the third round will be there. Now, you didn't list trade up. I didn't because I – that. I, for the reason I'd that you just forth, laid out, but you might if you were if that's what you would if that's what we really coveted, it w- I think it would necessitate a trade up. Right, Watson's because a little of, older than our profile, right? Twenty three, had some drops, but average twenty yards a catch. He's six four, runs a four three forty, and he's somebody that would number one be good in the blocking game because of his size, but number two, he would open a lot of things up. Now I know that there's a belief here that. Anthony Schwartz can develop, and that's why he was drafted, to develop to be a guy that helps open this offense up. I just don't think the receivers that they really, really, really would covet will be there at 44. I could be wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong if one of those guys falls, and then we'll see because that would be be interesting. What do they do if Ajabo, if Watson, Drake Jackson, Logan Hall, what would they do if they were all on the board? That'll be the real tell of what their ranking is. You'd love to be in that spot if somehow that happened, yeah. And I think to the age thing, you do have to realize we're dealing with a COVID year here, so especially the smaller school guys, you're talking about, you know, in many instances, like remember North Dakota State only played the one game that one year because of Trey Lance? Some of them did like a spring season. They played like three games in the spring. So there's there's some of that that's in some of the age with some of the small school guys as well. Yeah, no doubt. And so. I and that's we talked with Glenn about that. We asked him that question. We had Glenn yeah. Cook on, and he said, you know, it's this year's a little bit different. Next year might even be a little bit different. But then we'll probably kind of normalize that out. But I think it's certain positions too. Receiver is a position that does not necessarily have a huge degradation in your skills over time relative maybe to some other positions yeah so if you got a guy who's 23 would you rather have a 21 year old of course guess what two years in the league now they're 23 yeah so we'll see but that would be interesting but i i go defensive end i go wide receiver a trade back then wide receiver yeah and i would put trade up and defensive tackle below those three i like where your head's at thank you it does feel like Watson is the one that – I mean, d- this isn't scores, but just from my vantage point, looking at who's available, it feels like he's the last one that might be a cut above. And then People it's, like Sky Moore quite a bit too, but very different. I yeah, Sky I don't Moore know much about him. inside receiver. Yeah, and then Pickens, I just think there's too much. It feels like it. Too much. And then there's a then there's a dip, and then you're in the Mechie, David Bell world. And those guys – I like Bell a lot. Pickens had his draft prop of, you know, the over-under on his position in the draft – I think started at like 33.5 or 34.5, and it's up to 48.5. Yeah. Because, or 46, 48, but a significant <clears throat> jump because it, I think that the consensus around the league is now somebody's going to stop his fall, and somebody may end up getting, he's 21, tremendous athlete. Somebody may end up getting an uber talent. Yeah. But it's going to take a very particular situation, and, and he's going to have to want to be that guy. If a car, truck, or motorcycle accident causes your injury, call the injury lawyers at 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Matt Waldman, the rookie scouting portfolio. Coming up next, you'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer, as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit rumpke.com to learn more. I'll tell you what, the uh, there's <laughs> Browns Therapy, what a job out of you on this. That's amazing. I even got it. I think I even did a real appropriate quesadilla as well. I think you did, I'm starting yeah. to get. I'm starting to move into that one a little bit. Lean hey, into quesadilla. I got hey. Bootsy working on that. He's he's dropping a quesadilla now. Is he? Yeah, which is oh, pretty good. Oh, man. Yeah, he's he's living he's living quite well. Um, all right, so yesterday at this time, I asked you, do you think something will happen outside the draft that is more interesting or the draft? Turns out it was probably outside because it's all the trades. I mean, you had two huge blockbuster trades involving receivers that came out of nowhere. The Hollywood Brown thing came out of the clear blue sky. It was so fun. That was pure joy. I loved it. By the way, two – Go ahead and get on out of our conference to the NFC trades, too. How about that? I like that, yeah. I like that, which is nice, which is nice. Which yeah. is very nice, yeah. By the way, I got a, a, tech, a tweet from Greg real quick. I think you're going to enjoy this one. No, well. More importantly, more we'll important. talk to Matt yeah, Waldman, we'll the it. rookie scouting portfolio, joining us now on the hotline. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time. Nathan and I were talking about, you know, leading into this draft, we weren't sure it would have the interest and the intrigue, and boy, were we wrong. Just absolutely fun stuff last night nine trades uh veteran receivers changing teams as as you woke up this morning and kind of looking at the landscape of the nfl what was the headline for you i mean i think dan told me the the a.j brown trade was probably the biggest one is just the fact that the you know the, with the wide receivers and the signing of christian kirk and that salary um just kind of read things up where you saw a lot of movement and the fact that Hollywood Brown left and then AJ Brown came into Philadelphia. Um, I thought those were highlights. And then as far as the players getting drafted, I think, you know, Jordan Davis with Philadelphia, Philadelphia had themselves a nice draft. I thought the, um, I thought the giants had a nice draft as well. And you didn't even need me jumping off the top of the steel cage on the Miz to get the one, two, three. So, you know, <laughs> it was pretty exciting. It was exciting. Tremendous drop right there. Nice drop, I'll yeah. Love to, love to hear that. All right. I go back a few years ago. The Browns, now they were much earlier in the second round, and you told us of your great affinity and your great affection for Nick Chubb. So I'm going to ask you to dial up that kind of magic once again. I'll give you two positions here in the second round. Receiver and then, you know, defensive end. If you've got one, if you've got an edge, but I know you'll have a receiver that you really like for the Browns at 44. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about the receiver because that's really my, you that's know, your sweet skill spot. position yes. for my wheelhouse. So we'll say that I like this Christian Watson kid out of North okay. State. Um, he reminds me of a play. Well, number one, when you look at that, that his frame, he looks like he can add another eight to ten pounds of muscle and still be that explosive player that he already is in that four three ish range. Um, long, good length, t- tall. Runs like a punt returner, but also can run in traffic with patience. And the skills that he knows are things that he can build on to become a better player. They're not things you have to strip away from his game and then rework. And the fact that he played in a West Coast offense at North Dakota State means that you're looking at a player who has some understanding of some pro concepts already incorporated into his game. So to me, I see a player who, if, Javon Walker or Martavis Bryant had worked out in terms of their maturity level to really elevate their games and sustain that elevation. I think Christian Watson has that kind of potential to his game. 
and I would love to see the Cleveland Browns get someone like him because they, I think he can play a couple of spots for you. He wouldn't be bad. And then maybe, you know, uh, another guy. I like Alec Pierce, and I think that Same. for Cleveland, Alec Pierce is a, is a nice option because you know he can block. And and the fact that you can play him tight in the you know in tight sets to the line near the tight ends or on the opposite side in the box where he can do a decent job of blocking down and at least handle himself on some quick hitting plays against linebackers or safeties or nickels and then you run the play action off of it that forces the defense to account for the fact that he actually legitimately can block. He's a decent route runner who can get a little bit more bend in his weight and be able to become a little bit more sudden, but he's great at attacking the ball. There are a lot of players in this draft. You know, George Pickens is a good example of a guy down around my area and from my alum, my my area, who was um, at the school I went to, where you watch him go up and attack a ball, and while he makes a lot of highlight-worthy plays, he, the, the problem with him is that he also puts himself in position where he has to make those highlight-worthy plays and didn't really need to. And Alec Pierce is really good, like Jamar Chase is good at it, or Justin Jefferson, or Stephon Diggs, where he can jump straight up into the air and win the ball and make the defender play through him. And a lot of big, tall receivers don't do that. They wind up parallel to the ground when they're in the air and open up their frame. And so I like Pierce as a guy that you can build on. And look, I mean, athletically – He's not far away from Justin Jefferson. Technically, he is. I mean, just Jefferson sure. is great, but you know he jumps three and a half inches tall more than than Jefferson does, and isn't that far out of the ballpark in terms of speed and quickness. And I think he made Desmond Ritter look a little bit better than I think Desmond Ritter actually is. So um, you know, overall, those are two guys that I really like, and I know folks like Sky Moore, and certainly he's a he's a compelling player. Um, there's a lot of Antonio, you know, Antonio Brown kind of comparisons. I think he's better. Um, I think he's better at the catch point than he is after the catch. I think he's a little overrated okay. after the catch and a little underrated at the catch point, which is kind of the reverse of how a lot of people see him. Um, but I would probably prefer the bigger receivers of the two um, who have the upside to develop into a little bit more as route runners and who can give you some of that physicality in the run game that really complements what the offense does. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Matt, and I, I appreciate those comments, and I always love listening to you. I love the Martavis Bryant uh, comparison. I remember watching him with the Steelers early in his career before, unfortunately, it was derailed. Javon and Walker, that's Javon a deep Walker, cut. Green. I covered him at, oh, yeah. in Tallahassee at Florida State. That was a green, deep cut. I haven't heard it. his name in a long time. Yeah, those are two good ones. Those yeah, are two that got dude. me pretty excited. Those guys could absolutely yeah, he was a dude. ball out there. When you mentioned Pierce, one question I had for you is uh, I got a, a good friend, Cleve T.A., who charts a lot of the stuff, and, you know, his yards after the catch per reception is not where a lot of the receivers coming out that we've seen be successful in the NFL talking about Pierce. And that maybe might be the only one knock on him. Is that because he was running so many verticals when you watch him on tape or do you, are you comfortable with his ability after the catch at the next level? I didn't think it was especially good when I watched it on film. I thought, you know, there were a lot of plays where he did catch the ball over the middle and he just didn't look as fluid athletically with the ball in his hand than he does as a route runner in vertical routes or you okay. know, in drills. So yeah, that's a that's a thing to keep an eye out for. But also, you got to remember too, um, 
you know, sometimes the context of those types of things can be, does your quarterback lead you, you know, in stride when you're catching the right. ball? Do you have to make certain adjustments? Is he leading you into traffic? You know, are there, are there difficult situations that he has to play through? And I saw that he, you know, he does catch the ball in traffic a fair bit. And, and so as a result of that, I, I don't know if I put as much stock into that as maybe some other people do. Um, I don't think it's a liability as much as it is just isn't a strength. Matt, let's say that it's a trade down, or let's say that receiver is not addressed in the second. Let let into the third. Um, who are some guys in that range that that you like that you think would be a good fit here? Uh, some names maybe we need to pay attention to if it is the third round where we address receiver. Sure. Well, I mean, if if you know, there's a lot of people in the media community who love Pickens as a as a second round guy, but I wouldn't be surprised if he falls to the third. Um, and certainly the the potential is there for him to to develop in the sense that he does have the good hands. He has the potential with routes and releases. He just has a lot of little things to clean up. And if you can get past any type of the rumblings that they say about him, maybe not being the most mature guy in terms of ready to work, you know, he could have some, still have some high value for you. Um, I, I like Makai Polk who I think can go even later. Um, but and I'll mention one guy I love, but but Kai Polk I'll mention right away, the Cal um, and Mississippi State guy who gives you a nice possession receiver, good route runner, um, tough at the catch point. But my favorite receiver probably who will be around in the third is what I would call a, you know, a Steelers-type wide receiver. And we're familiar with those guys who understand how to get downhill quick. They know how to um, finish strong even for their if their size isn't great. They can win at the at the catch point and and work over the middle, and that's Khalil Shakir out of Boise yep. State. Um, yep. He's a favorite of mine. I think he's a. I think he has a, He has some issues with clapping on the ball sometimes, which which leads to fighting targets and, and you know in tight areas. But he has great tracking skills, and the and the clapping on the ball is really an issue of just refining your technique. Deontay Johnson had that issue and led the league in drops one year. And then last year, I think he didn't have one for the first 10 to 12 weeks of the season. So it's just a matter of refining your technique. And I think Shakir is the type of guy who you can use in a couple of different spots. He can win deep for you. He can make the tough plays over the middle. He's a football player. And I, and I just, I think the Browns have figured out that mentality that they want to draft and want to acquire football players, not just specialized athletes and who do one thing well, and then you're hoping that the rest of it all comes together. Does he remind you a little bit of Deontay in addition to just the, the catching? Yes, he does. He reminds me of Deontay very much so. Um, he also reminds me of a player who was my top player in this draft um, at the wide receiver position, and that's Chris Olave. I just think he's not quite as refined version of Chris Olave. Um, so if, you know, and, and so if he can get to his, if he can play to his upside and I don't think he's that far away, he could become one of your top two receivers and really like a nice one B in a prolific offense. Like he has that capability. So his ability to track the ball, especially difficult acrobatic situations is really strong and the route running's there. I mean, that, Again, these are things to build on. He has the the ability to stop quickly. He has the ability to get into in and out of his breaks quickly. 
He seems to run zone routes pretty well at this point. He works open. He's a high effort player, physical at the, you know, when he finishes, good pad level, um, you know, wants to initiate contact to finish, doesn't just go out of bounds when um, at the first opportunity. You know, he's, he's an NFC, he's an AFC North player. We'll just put it that way, at least from a, like a Brown Steelers, Ravens um, perspective. And those three teams, you know, we all, we watch more than anybody. No doubt. Talking with the great Matt Waldman. All right, Matt, a couple of receivers that some people could think also could go in the third, and I didn't hear you mention one, obviously coming off of an injury that I, I'm guessing had he not had, maybe he goes earlier, maybe you would say not, John Mechie the third out of Alabama, and then from a smaller school, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama. Do you like either of those guys? If so, why? If not, why not? I like both of them. I'm not in love with either of them. And Tolbert, okay. I have actually ranked higher than Mechie. Um, he's more of a He's more of a, you know, a short-term project, I would put it. You know, he's, he's got, he does a lot of the tough things, but a lot of the small details of his game are going to need a little bit of work, but he could We're develop fine. into a contributor. Mechie, to, to me, it's the catch point. He, he drops a lot of targets from what I tracked, um, and they were the type of targets where if they're on his frame, he had difficulty discerning when to use the overhand position, when to use the underhand position, and when there okay. it's tight coverage and contact, that can be an issue. But, you know, as a potential slot player who can also get deep for you um, in certain looks, I'd like him more as a third or fourth receiver um, that people are going to try and value as being a, sec- a first or second guy. I just don't think he's quite there. So you would be the happiest for Browns fans if they came out of today with e- one of – Watson, Pierce, or Khalil Shakur. That's what I took away from you right there. Those are the three guys that you would want to be wearing the brown and orange. Yeah, I would be. That would be very nice. Well, it's very nice that we can have yes. you on, especially on a day like this. <laughs> but anytime, it's a win, Matt. Thank you so much for your time, pal. Hey, man. It's my pleasure. Hey, Dave's great analysis and dropped an elbow off the steel cage on the miss. Perfect. A lot of wins. Lots, lots of stacking wins there for Matt Waldman of the rookie scouting portfolio. And he is on a skill position. Off the charts. Unbelievable. Really? And, uh, listen, yeah. folks, he pegged Nick Chubb being what Nick Chubb is before that draft on this very program. He said this guy is the best running back in this class. He's going to be one of the best running backs in the NFL. I think that he's incredibly special. Right, right, right. He's nailed it. Brugler, who nails it, too. Oh, baby. He's up next. We got a mock round second and third. He's all set, ready to go. Fry yay. Cleveland Browns Daily 850, ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. A lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. The miss can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. And with that, we head out on the hotline for a visit with our good buddy Dane Brugler, The Athletic. We will get into his mock round two and three mocks, who he has us taking. Uh, but first, Dane, as you observed round one, what stood out for you? Who won, who lost? A lot of these teams with multiple first-round picks, I thought, uh, really did well for themselves. And if you're going to have multiple first-round picks, 
you should. And so you look at what the Jets did, going with Sauce Gardner at four, coming back with the playmaker, uh, Garrett Wilson at 10. That Wilson-to-Wilson connection with Zach Wilson and Garrett Wilson should be uh, something that helps that sophomore quarterback uh, in New York. And then uh, the Lions, uh, and then, excuse me, Jermaine Johnson. The Jets can trade back into the first round and get Jermaine Johnson, who I think they wanted to take at number 10. But they chose offense, they chose playmaker, and then when Jermaine Johnson fell to a certain point, they, they saw their opportunity to go get him. So the Jets absolutely, uh, they nailed what they wanted to do. And they still have a high pick uh, tonight. So uh, the Jets killed it. The Detroit Lions coming away with Aiden Hutchinson at two. Yeah. And then trading back up for Jamison Williams, getting that burner, that guy with speed that can really be special. Uh, so you have him with Amon Ross St. Brown. All of a sudden, the Lions, they're, they're building something on offense. Uh, the offensive line looks good. T.J. Hawkinson, uh, they're about to lock up. You drop a quarterback in there in next year's draft, a C.J. Stroud, a, you know, whoever, and all of a sudden the Lions are, are looking pretty good. Uh, Saints, Chris Olave, Trevor Penning, they wanted to come out of this first round with a tackle and a receiver. They did exactly that. So a lot of these teams with multiple first-round picks, uh, as expected, they should do well, and a lot of them did. It was a fun draft. I mean, I don't know what you thought, Dane. Trades going left and right, players getting traded, picks getting traded. Unbelievable just action. It was. It never dragged. You know, I, I feel like sometimes in the old days, teams would wait all the 15 minutes and there wasn't – not anymore. It was action-packed. Yeah. What did you think of just kind of all the movement and seeing how teams are approaching, you know, this era where first-round picks aren't untouchable? Oh, it was amazing. And, and I tell you what, I, I needed that adrenaline because after doing everything post-draft, I had to come home or come back to the hotel, do a second and third mock draft. So it was a late night. But th- all the adrenaline from the first round, yeah, uh, you know, that, it, it was there. I mean, it was palpable. So it was it was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, th- there were no trades in the top ten. But then once we got outside the top ten, that's where it was just a flurry of moves. We saw the wide receiver run. Um, you know, we saw uh, some veteran wide receivers get moved, which, which is really interesting. Um, and then, you know, later on in the, in the back half of round one, where we saw some real surprises, uh, especially Cole Strange going to the Patriots at 29. I mean, that 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 drew just a, I, I don't know, I was excited just cause to see a, this really uh, talented offensive lineman from Chattanooga who I didn't rank as a top two-round guy who's a third round or an early third rounder for me but you know you like him quite a bit and you know the Patriots every year have one of the smallest draft boards I mean most draft boards are 120 150 names um Patriots are 75 80 like just not they don't have a lot of names on their draft board and you know they don't care uh, where you know the other teams have have these guys ranked if they feel like they might not be able to get Cole Strange in the second round they're going to take him right where they did. And so uh, Cole Strange is a plug-and-play guard. They want to play him at center. They can do that as well. So that was a really – it was a lot of fun to see him go that high. And it was a lot of fun to see the reactions from Sean McVay and Les Snead <laughs> in real time as that unfolded. I mean, is that is there a little bit of buzz about that reaction and just the fact that we all got to see that kind of unfold in real time? Well, it's I had the same reaction. And, and I mean, I, we're doing uh, <laughs> you know, a live reaction too. And so I, I, I tweeted – they tweeted my, my reaction is the most excited I was all night. And, I mean, it's just it, it, the last name you expected to hear, you know. I mean, you're thinking, okay, Patriots. Uh, could go maybe linebacker here to Kobe Dean. Uh, maybe they go uh, with a DB. And then it's Cole Strange. And it's just, oh, my gosh. That, that, that's what we were hoping for in a draft like this. Because, you know, every year there's anywhere between 18 to 22 first-round grades for most teams. 
And so we, we see second-round players go in the first round every year. This yep. year, uh, talking before the draft, saying, you know, there's a good chance we could see some third-rounders, you know, at least what we perceive as third-rounders going in the first round because boards are so similar uh, in that, you know, 15 to 75 range. There's not a lot of uh, gaps between all these players. Uh, so if there's a team like the Patriots who have a high grade on a guy like Cole Strange, it wouldn't be a surprise. And so, uh, but yeah, it's still a lot of fun to see that happen. And yeah, it gave us a, le- a little bit of adrenaline to finish strong. Dane, how did the first round set up for us to do some damage here in the second and third? Did it did it work out okay for us? Are there still a lot of targets you like for the Browns at 44? Just in terms of, of the way that it went, how did it sit for us? We saw, what, six receivers come off the board in the first 18 picks, and then we yep. kept waiting, okay, when's that second run on receiver start? That Christian Watson, George Pickens, Sky Moore – Surely somewhere, you know, the Chiefs, the Packers, some one of those teams in the, the final six to seven picks in the first round, that's where it was going to pick up, pick back up again. And it never happened. So now it becomes really interesting, uh, especially with all those quarterbacks still on the board. I mean, this is the first time since 2007 that we're going to have more quarterbacks drafted in the second round than the first round. Uh, and so, you know, seeing some of these quarterbacks fall, if you're the Browns, you know, sitting there at 44, you're hoping that a Malik Willis, a Desmond Ritter, uh, maybe a Sam Howell, maybe a Matt Corral, that these guys come off the board pretty quickly uh, tonight. Uh, that's just going to push another good player uh, down to 44 in the Browns. And, and you know, we talked about this, uh, Nathan, especially you, you, you bring this up a lot, how uh, it's in the second round, Andrew Barry uh, is not afraid to move around, uh, up, yeah. back, whatever. He, he will be – aggressive and kind of play around a little bit, especially when they have two threes where if they, if they see their guy and to me, Sky Moore, I would love to see them go up and get Sky Moore, the receiver out of Western Michigan. Uh, I just don't think he's going to make it to 44, but if he, you know, is still on the board at say 37, 38, uh, I don't, maybe you can do it with uh, with a fourth round pick. I don't know, but uh, I would really like to see them come out of the second round with, with a guy like Sky Moore. Yeah, and it feels like more, you know, Watson, who I know the Browns mm-hmm. had for a visit, intriguing size-speed combo. I know you like Sky more better, your number seven-ranked uh, receiver on your board. It, it feels like those guys won't be there, which leads us to what you did, I'm guessing, in your mock, you know, where the receivers were gone and the Browns go to the edge position. Uh, and, and so tell us what you did at that edge spot, who you'd be targeting if you're eyeing the Browns. Logan Hall's still out there. There's some people who think he may go to Tampa here with his first pick of the second round, but I'm hoping mm-hmm. maybe they go with a defensive tackle, maybe a Travis Jones and push Hall down. Uh, how's that position looking, and, and, and are you hearing anything about Ajabo? Because he's a guy that I think a lot of people are still very intrigued by. Yeah, and obviously the, the Browns' uh, defensive end situation is very much in flux right now. Uh, you know, Jadavion Clowney, there's a few other uh, potential free agents out there where it's not like they absolutely have to get a pass rusher here uh, to compete next year. I mean, they, they could go on the open market and, and find some of these guys, but, um, you know, how does that change their thinking in terms of a player that is ready to go from day one? or maybe someone that needs a little bit of development or maybe a little bit of time to rehab, like a David Ajabo. Um, in my mock draft, my second-round mock that's up on The Athletic right now, I've got Logan Hall going 33 uh, to Tampa. I think they like him as a three technique. Um, uh, you know, Also, a guy like we talked about can play outside, but they, I think they like him inside. That would make a lot of sense. Um, and, and then at 44, I, I've got the Browns taking Drake Jackson from USC. 
uh, a player who just uh, since his freshman season at USC, you know, came in as a big recruit and he did not disappoint. Uh, he was a freshman All-American and you know, they kind of, I think stunted his development a little bit with the, the weight loss and, you know, the weight fluctuation and the way they used him. But this guy's got a lot of talent. He's, he's a loose, twitchy athlete, strong hands. Um, there's just a lot you could do with a Drake Jackson. So I, I like that fit if he's available at 44. And then as we go down your draft into the third round, you have Alec Pierce yes. in the third round at receiver. Z, a big fan of him as well. Um, what do you like about his game? Why the fit? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bet on, um, you know, receivers, give me the guys that, uh, you know, have some of the testing that you want to see, um, some some really, uh, you know, distinguishable traits that you can attach yourself to and say, okay, that's what I know we can add to our offense and, you know, he, he's going to help us. And so, like, a guy like Alec Pierce has the straight-line speed and he's got really uh, you know, the high-pointing skills, the leaping skills. Uh, he can make plays over defensive backs. He did it uh, routinely uh, on a Cincinnati tape. 6'3", 210, uh, ran the 4-4-1 uh, at, the, at the combine, uh, jumped over 40 inches in the vert. Uh, the routes are a work in progress. Uh, you know, he, he's not the most polished route runner, and it's something that he needs to continue to develop. But uh, he has this catch radius that uh, is going to really help the quarterback. Um, and he's a guy that can help you on special teams. He's got some linebacker experience in his background. He, he's played. Uh, he's been a gunner on special teams, on punt coverage, so there's just a lot to like about Alec Pierce and, uh, you know, with the athlete, the player that he is still growing into. And I think it'd be a great fit uh, for, for what the Browns are looking for specifically uh, in, in that mid-day th- or mid-round three range. Who is the person that's still on the board that you are the most surprised about just in the league in general based on kind of what you had heard going into the draft? Um. I don't see. I mean, like Andrew Booth. I, there's some injury stuff there, so maybe not a huge shock that Andrew Booth is still there. Uh, you know, he had the, the the groin strain, the double hernia surgery. We have no testing for him, um, and so not a huge surprise that Andrew Booth uh, is still out there. Nicobe Dean, kind of the same thing. I, I've heard some injury things with him, a, a knee, a pec, um, uh, and he's a smaller linebacker to begin with. So. Uh, I think the Kobe Dean is going to go pretty quickly, uh, you know, tonight uh, in somewhere in round two. But there are some injury things that I know were a sticking point. I, 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 I was not the biggest. I mean, Twitter loves Malik Willis more than NFL teams do. I mean, we've been Clearly. saying that throughout the process. But still yeah. a little surprising that Malik Willis did not go in the first 32 picks. Um, and you hear we hear so much about that fifth-year option. And I'll be honest, that fifth-year option when it comes to quarterbacks – it, it's a little overrated. Uh, it, it's, it, can, it can be a detriment at times. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know I'm not, not going to bring up the Baker Mayfield situation, but you know, we've seen it uh, in a few places where that fifth-year option can kind of work against you because it's not a cheap option. It, it's a lot of money we're talking about. So I don't think that fifth year is as appealing to uh, that quarterback as a lot of fans think it is. And you know, we saw that play out last night. Uh, where only one quarterback going, uh, and it was the first time since uh, 1997 we didn't have a single quarterback in the first 19 picks. So uh, really fascinating with the quarterbacks. But I, I, even though Malik Willis was not a first-round pick, um, you know, w- was being very overrated on Twitter, uh, still a little surprised that not one team thought, you know, it's, okay, let's, let's take a gamble here in the late first round. Dane, we haven't, we, you keep an eye on what the opposition is doing in Pittsburgh, certainly mm-hmm. among that. 
Um, what did you make of Pickett as a prospect? And I was alarmed a little bit. Well, not, I mean, it's good for us, but when I heard Tomlin say he had the lowest floor, uh, that, that, I, that seems like a red flag to me. What did, what did you make of Pickett at, at uh, for the Steelers at 20? Yeah. And this is the conversation, um, you know, I had with, uh, Robert Mays and Nate Tice during our show last night was, okay, if you're the Browns, if you're the Ravens, this, this, because uh, really, it, it, it doesn't. And, and I like Kenny Pickett. He's a good player. If I need to win a football game tomorrow, I think he can help me do that. But I don't think this is a situation where uh, you know you're bringing a, a, a ringer into the division who's all of a sudden going to uh, you know strike fear in, into defenses uh, around the AFC North. It's just he's not that type of player. Now he's a good player. If he turns out to have a Kirk Cousins like career. That's maybe best case scenario uh, for him, which you know Kirk Cousins is a guy that can lead his team to the playoffs any given year. So Kenny Pickett has that type of potential, but you know it, it is a little surprising that they went that direction. Uh, you know it's going to be an open competition with him and Trubisky in, in training camp, and we'll see how that plays out. But uh, you know obviously with him playing in Pitt, playing in Heinz Field, there's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, Pickett was the direction I had the Steelers going in my mock draft. That's what I kept hearing. But still, when it happened, it was still was a little surprising to see it see it play out the way it did. You know, there was a lot of talk kind of coming into this draft, and just really curious, real quickly on Pickett, like where would he have been in last year's draft class for you? Oh, um, I mean, competing with Davis Mills for the sixth quarterback, um, he, he would not have been above any of the top five, the, the five guys that went okay. in the first fifteen picks, um, and then I was a big fan of Davis Mills out of Stanford. I thought he w- was going to be an NFL starter. Uh, I think probably would have had Kenny Pickett just ahead of uh, of Mills. So in between Mac Jones and Davis Mills as a, as a prospect, and uh, it's it's funny how that works from one year to the next. Yeah. And, you know, this year's top twenty pick, uh, and any other given year probably a second rounder. You mentioned Baker earlier, and I think everybody's watching to see if something happens today or yeah. if it ends up happening tomorrow. If it's going to happen during the draft, obviously those are the two days for it. But you know we were starting to hear a lot of chatter right coming up to the draft that. Baker Mayfield is by far the most talented quarterback available to a football team this year. And I'm guessing from what you just said, that makes a lot of sense that that is obviously true. Not only have we seen him play at a high level in the NFL, but that this class isn't great. And it's why Mitch Trubisky got the deal he did. It's why Marcus Mariota got the deal that he did to come into some of those teams. How do you kind of see maybe not necessarily that playing out, but you know, from an evaluation standpoint, is that, something that you have heard as well and and do you think that you know perhaps this weekend that's when somebody says okay all right we've gone through here we didn't take the quarterback at six I mean if if Carolina and Atlanta are not taking quarterbacks you know that they're in Seattle you know that they don't love the quarterbacks right and it'll be interesting with uh you know Tennessee picking at 35 tonight uh pretty quickly we could see them go quarterback uh Seattle back to back 40 and 41 uh Indianapolis at 42 uh, Atlanta, 43. There, there's a lot of these teams in the first 10 to 15 picks that could, could realistically go quarterback. And if they don't, what's that say? And, and it'll be interesting with Carolina. They don't pick until the fourth round. And so what does Carolina do? We have next year's draft. They could trade a future conditional uh, you know, pick in next year's draft for a Baker Mayfield if they want to go that direction. Do they try to get back up into the second round? for uh, you know, a Sam Howell, who I know they like, but uh, it, it's just hard when they don't have that draft capital uh, and they don't pick again until 137. So Carolina's in, in a weird spot right now where uh, you know Sam Darnold's already there. Is it worth giving up a conditional uh, pick next year? I, I think the big thing Browns fans maybe need to brace themselves for 
the return's probably not going to be what they want it to be. And that's just because the, the leverage isn't there. there. There's only so many spots for Baker to, to end up. And if the, you know, you only, it, it really puts the Browns decision makers in a bind in terms of, okay, do we just hold on to them and see what happens uh, in terms of injuries around the league and camp? Um, you know, I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's going to be coming to Browns training camp, but is it something we just kind of hold out and wait? Or do we strike while iron's hot and take the best offer we get this weekend, which might be a fourth-round pick? So I, I think it'll, there's a lot of moving parts here with Baker and uh, different possibilities that could play out. A lot of rumors going around down here, but it'll be interesting to see oh. the next two days if, uh, if Mayfield's on the move or not. You're the best, Dane. Thanks for yes. your time, bud. Elite. All right. Enjoy tonight, guys. Always do. The great Dane Brugler with The Athletic. A lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. The myths can lose you money and get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at keepitfunohio.com. Still so much more to come. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Be sure to catch all the action of day two of the draft tonight at 7. Browns Draft Show presented by Bud Light, Ken Z, Jim Donovan, The Hoff. Interviews with the picks, University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Next level next, Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.